This episode of the podcast is being brought to you by the Movement Conference. I could tell you a little more about it, but I think we have a special guest that's a whole lot better at being able to tell you what's going down. Here's Pastor Chad Erickson. If you are like every other church in America, along with First Apostolic Church, we have discovered that we are in need of tools. We are in need of processes. We are in need of systems. And probably most of all, tracking when it comes to making disciples. When you join the movement, when you're a part of the disciple-making movement, um, you're going to come to a conference that's going to give you all of those things. As a matter of fact, we are bringing in Pastor Timothy Lee all the way from Singapore. If you have not heard of him, I want you to know uh, he and a great team, uh, they are developing all these different programs, all these different systems. They have made tools, and they're going to make them available at the movement conference You do not want to miss these things. I promise you, it's going to change your life. It's going to turn people who are sitting in pews, people who are sitting um, on seats in church sanctuaries who are wanting to do more. It's going to empower them to make disciples. You don't want to miss it. So be sure to save the date, as Pastor Chad Erickson just said, for August the 31st through September the 2nd. If you want some more information about this, you can go to livethemovement.org. It's got a, a lineup that's just incredible, Tony. You've got Pastor Kenneth Carpenter, you have Tim Lee from uh, from Singapore, Singapore, Singapore from yeah. Singapore, uh, J.H. Osborne, one of your favorites, Raymond Woodward, Jimmy Tony, Matthew Ball, Sam one of your Emory. favorites, Man. one of your favorites. Man, I might have to go to this. David Poole and Aaron Bounds, and we we will be there. They asked us to come be a part of it. Well, how about that? Make sure you get you registered by April the first. <clears throat> the first four hundred registrants is seventy five dollars per person. Good thing is there's group rates for six or more people, and it's 50 a person. Uh, make sure you get logged in because uh, the best deals are if you're early. The last later deals, you know, you're gonna pay a little more. So don't don't wait. Go today to make sure you get a good deal. Go early, and with all the money that you're gonna save on being one of those first registrants, you can s- spend that money on getting your your air conditioner fixed. We're well, gonna be saving money there too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying because we're here to save money because you're gonna have enough money to get everything we're talking about today. So where you're gonna save some money on your heat and air is by getting a hold of Nat Anderson at Anderson Heat and Air, as you know, John's bro favorite here. Uh, the phone number is 870-935-1155. You will not be disappointed. He's He's got Melissa and myself. He changed our air. He put in a high-efficiency heater. Uh, we're going to save money on our bill in the, in the long term. And it wasn't. It didn't break the bait getting it put in. Matt Anderson's going to work with you. He's going to work around your schedule. He's going to get that thing taken care of. He's going to be smooth as a baby's bottom. <laughs> it may sound weird. It may sound weird. But it's the truth, I oh, promise you. Oh, man. Another sponsor we want to talk about is the Drifted Drum. April Jones has more than just books now. She's going to be a keynote speaker. You can go on there and book. She's got a whole list of people. What are you wrestling with over there? Get rid of all those garbage books that you're reading. <laughs> and you need to get a good book. You need to get a book called No Mess, No Message by Dr. April Jones. I'm tired of everybody reading all these these green eggs and ham whenever, <laughs> you're, whenever you're 36 years old already. You need something that's going to encourage you, that's going to strengthen you, that's going to uplift you, something that's going to get you through, get you to encourage to share your testimony. And again, that book is No Mess, No Message. Go to thedrifteddrum.com. Are we talking about saving money? We're always talking about saving money. Put in promo code. Crucial 2020. Uh, and get what? 20% off. Man, what a deal. All we're doing is saving what these people money. What a deal. Oh, my word. Hey, have you ever we're heard blessed. of Amazon.com? 
I've heard of it. It's uh, supposed to be like one of the biggest companies in the world, except for uh, Elon Musk top Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. Well, whenever you have that much money, because you're selling all these good things, go in there and find another good product. Tell me about Sheila Texter. She and her husband, they pastor in Blyville, Arkansas. You've heard her story before. You're like, hey, where have I heard that name? Right here's where you've heard that name. You heard it at the beginning of all of our episodes. And if you were a listener just a few episodes ago, she was one of our rock star guests. You know, rock Good star guest. That's your line. You're the one who says people are rock star guests. But I stole it from you, and I'm going to own it, repurpose it, and continue on. Just like you need to do with that money. You need to repurpose that money to buy this book on Amazon.com. You can search her name, Sheila Texter. And you can also search for the book, which is... Uh, life after the mistake, new beginnings. Yes. It's going to encourage you. It's got, man, that book's just got everything. It's Talk got full of it's stories. Got, it's got stories. It's got, um, it's got life experiences, uh, Bible study where you can relate, uh, from, you know, that what your experiences to Bible characters. Don't give away and too much away. I don't want to, I'm not going to give away the ending, bub. Spoiler alert. No, I'm not going to do that. You go, go check out the episode. If you want to know a little bit more, if you're like, man, Brian and Tony, they must be underselling this. We are underselling it. You need to go over there or, no, we're overselling it. Are we underselling or overselling it? What's the expression? Um, it's better than what we're saying. But so we're, we're un- a lot of people. So we're think, underselling it, right? But we're asking a lot of people to buy it. I don't know. Just go. Whatever buy it. it is, we are equitably sharing the information <laughs> of what you need to do. You need to be me sure you get this book, and because like I said, this is going to help you. Talking but, about rock star guests. Why are we talking about guests right now? What I'm interested in is where we're going to get something to eat. Bro, you just brought me some food. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that meal is not near as good as what you're going to get at Trauma Hogs Barbecue. I don't know. That is pretty good. You need to go. Where did you get all the seasonings for that stuff? I bought it at Trauma Hogs Barbecue. Oh. I don't know what all he he wants us to share. I don't know if we're sharing too much right now. But here's what I will say. You need to search on Facebook, Trauma Hogs Barbecue. And here's the easiest way to find it in the world, okay? Let's say you're living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now, and you're like, Trauma Hogs Barbecue, and it's pulling up somebody that lives in Madison, Wisconsin over here, or somebody that's that's somewhere out here in whatever your your Appleton, Wisconsin, or whatever you guys' names are up there. Anyway, so you're, you're trying to, yeah, I said Milwaukee to begin with. I'm trying to think of more towns. I don't think you said Milwaukee. I thought I said Milwaukee to begin with. No, I think you said. Did Appleton. I say Milwaukee? Did I, I said I don't Appleton. Think so. You said Appleton. You well, said Madison. Let's say this: if you're in Kenosha and your city's no longer <laughs> on fire, and you're going on, you're going on Facebook to uh, to search for barbecue, and tr- nothing's coming up. If you just look up the crucial conversation on Facebook, we reshare some of his stuff. Follow it on there because he's going to be doing online shipments. He's going to be sending stuff. Homemade sauces, rubs, everything. Dude, his homemade sauce is incredible. I know. And so, listen, again, that's another one of those that I may be under or overselling based on whatever the appropriate expression is, but you guys need to follow them on Facebook. I'm super excited to bring this guest to you guys today. He's been real popular on Facebook, real popular in doing local concerts, general conferences. I saw him on Instagram. Did you? I'm not really an Instagram guy, but anyway... Guys, this is an incredible episode. You want to say anything about it? You just want to get to it? I just wanted to get right to it. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode with Mark Crowder. Virtue is flowing. Virtue is flowing. Virtue is flowing. You are healed. Virtue is flowing. Virtue is flowing. 
speaking into you right now. Instagram, Tony, and was just kind of scrolling through and um, saw somebody, it may not have been on Instagram. I actually know it was on Facebook first. Uh, I heard about a, through, by reading through Facebook, someone that had gone to a music conference just a couple weeks ago. And uh, the main singer was Mark Crowder, who honestly, uh, at that point, I, I wasn't familiar with the name. But after seeing the testimony of someone that had that had gone with an individual to this conference and had been healed of lifelong ailment of uh, hyper allergies and was healed in, in a service. Of course I was interested because I was like, man, that's, you know, that doesn't just happen all the time. It doesn't happen randomly. And so I right. looked up the name of Mark Crowder. Uh, and, and actually I did it because I was like, you know, it might be pretty cool to have him as a guest on the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and so I looked, uh, looked him up and there was a, Instagram clip that I that I saw of him him singing at this conference and that you could just feel the power of God when he was singing. There was a I think the lyrics were was uh, there's there's vir- virtue is flowing, virtue is flowing, virtue is flowing. You are healed, and it's just something about whenever he said you are healed, and like when you watch the video, the 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 faith that he showed in that. Uh, dude, whenever you told me Tony that you had booked him without us even talking about it, I was like, dude. This is like the will of God, I think, because I, I mean, think so, just man. this week, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. it up. And so it is Tony and I, myself's honor to have him as a guest here in this episode. Brother, welcome to the Crucial Conversation podcast, and we're looking forward to speaking with you for a little while. Well, my friends, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on, and I can't wait to get into it. This will be fun. So I've got... <clears throat> We're gonna get straight into it, bro. Like we're not gonna mess around. <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna mess around. Let's go. Let's go. From the very from the very get go, I'm gonna ask you the hardest question you'll get all night. Are you ready? <laughs> let's let's do it. Okay. So, how is it fair to other people that you are the best dressed and the best singer in the United Pentecostal? Church? Oh my goodness, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I will be sure to pass you that uh, that royalty check later for that, uh, oh, bro. I'm telling so you, I, every time <laughs> every time I see you, whether it be a general conference or whether it be at your own concerts, oh, bro, man. I'm like, man, that dude has got to be the best dressed dude in the oh, whole apostolic movement. And uh, then, I've been blessed. You know, <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I mean, I mean, here I am scrolling through your Facebook earlier today, and uh, I see pictures of the shoes. 
the suit, the watch, the home, oh, man. everything, bro. Oh everything. man. And then, <laughs> and then My young the, the, the only way the only way to top that question is to ask you since you're a singer, what kind of songs do you sing in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I, oh, I, I stay away from shower singing. That's dangerous for everybody. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that's funny. But bro, like Brian said, especially for me, Brian, Brian's real big into theology, and he's like the nerd of our podcast. Yeah. For me, I'm gonna nerd out on this podcast because I love talking to musicians and singers, uh, just because that's 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 my alley. Um, I really enjoy it. But uh, one thing I did also learn today is that we may not connect as much as we could have. Because I see that you're an Indianapolis Colts fan as well. <laughs> I am. Bro, so the only Super Bowl that my team has made it to since I've been alive, the Indianapolis Colts beat us. Wow. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Bro. Wow. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. Yeah. So I'm you like, you've had hey, a lifelong I, I, heartache, though. That's, that's uh, bro, the thing. I'm, I'm wearing a Cubs shirt right now, bro. I mean, it's my whole life is just sports teams letting me down. That's unfortunate. So, like, have they ever had a good QB? <laughs> um, I was a big fan of Jay Cutler. Okay. It, well, I mean, yeah. he had a rocket for an arm, so. Yeah, he Depending did. on and, what your uh, views on Jay Cutler were. Yeah. But he's I mean, like the this only decent is so QB. deep already. I mean, I just feel the power guy here. Yeah. I just well, moving on me. Music and sports is br- not brian's alley and those are my alley so. no i, I no, love it man we saw you at karaoke last night tony trust me i know <laughs> oh oh, oh yeah. around That's here funny. i'm known as the karaoke king oh are you yeah bro <laughs> my call. Want to get me out my karaoke. <laughs> he's like the oh, last one wasn't good enough let's try again let's do another yeah one. exactly exactly so, bro, let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Kind of tell us about how you got involved in uh, in the church. Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, um, I've been as far as you mentioned earlier about just uh, the UPC and what have you. And I've been UPC my entire life. My dad um, got the Holy Ghost in the UPC and. Um, church at uh, Calvary Gospel uh, Church in Madison, Wisconsin, Pastor John Grant, um, back, uh, I want to say it was July 7th, 1977. I can't tell you how many times he said that, so I've got it memorized. Uh, in fact, I remember the exact date that he got the Holy Ghost, and I don't even remember the exact date that I got the Holy Ghost. So um, I got the Holy Ghost when I was six years old at a children's camp, and uh, I do know it was in the month of June. Um, and, uh, just, uh, um, I've, we went on the evangelistic field and we, uh, quoted scripture with my dad. We sang, um, I love you, Lord, my brother and I have one brother. Um, but, uh, we, we would sing, uh, uh, I love you, Lord. And then the big thing that we did when we were kids was quote these scriptures. And one of the ones that we quoted was actually 38 in 10 different languages. Did that all over the country, did a general conference, um, did it at uh, local district conferences and all that kind of kind of thing. And um, just over time, God started to to grow that out. Um, I was called to preach at 15, uh, preached uh, youth events and such over the years. Um, and then just singing more and more. Um, I went to uh, I went to Indiana University as a computer programmer. And when I graduated, I went to New York to help out a Bishop Mitchell 
for three or four years as his music director, sang a lot on the East Coast during those years. And um, uh, about nine years ago, I came back to uh, the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, God just really started to open up doors, um, bigger doors than I had ever been to start leading a little bit at General Conference. Um, sang a couple of times at a feature artist spot at, at uh, 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 Youth Congress. Um, so just God's been on open up doors and just the, the opportunity to finally kind of do my own project has opened up and I'm really excited to see what God's done through that and looking forward to what he does uh, with it going forward because um, I believe that uh, God's going to bless a lot of people through this project. So have you always been interested in music or is there a particular like artist or performance or a song that was like, man, I really want to get into music? I've always been interested in music. Um, I've, <laughs> my, my mom, um, I actually had a hernia when I was uh, six months old and my mom says that um, I screamed nonstop and it was just practice for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, uh, but I just, um, I, I've always sang, I've always, I've been singing since I was a young child. Like I said, my brother and I were singing on platforms with my dad when we were, you know, five, six, and seven years old. And um, so, and I've always been involved in children's programs. We went, uh, we lived in Indianapolis for um, a number of years. I, I did anyway, my parents still live there. I was involved in the children's programs there. Um, probably <clears throat> two major influences in my life was uh, were uh, John P. Key when I was young. Uh, he had, there was this, uh, and I don't forget the project now, it might've been Wash Me or something like that. And uh, this is uh, early to mid nineties and we were actually in Texas um, preaching for a brother down there, Brother Rose um, um, at the time. And uh, uh, we were watching. Uh, we we're watching this recording of the of of his music concert, and uh, his son was there, and he was around my age. And he's up there just, you know, just doing these cool dance moves with the music beat. And I was just like, oh man, that's awesome. And that was kind of uh, kind of something that I got excited about. And then when I was in college, um, I was going as a classical musician, actually classical singer, and um, just practicing and the singing and getting into my piano and really learning stuff and really got into Israel and Israel really kind of helped me make that next jump into worship music and worship leading and his general approach to to worship music was a big inspiration for me so um bro I've I was noticed that you have I've noticed that you have a little bit of Ricky Dillard dance moves though <laughs> Ricky Dillard, man, he's 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 unique. I've always loved his choir music. I don't, uh, it's he's not a huge influence, but I'm sure it's it's definitely in there. It's he's he's a fun guy to to listen to for sure. Yeah. So, how did you meet your wife through this whole process? Your wife has an awesome name. You should share it with our podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Was, my yeah. wife's name is Blessing Crowder. She's amazing. Um, she's from the UK. I was actually helping a friend of mine, uh, uh, not pastor, but missionary Joe Cooney, um, and, and he is a pastor too, I suppose, but uh, missionary Joe Cooney um, in uh, Belfast, Ireland was opening up a new church. And so he and I kind of got together and went over there and, and um, he and his wife I think they went through every single picture on my wife's Facebook and I was like, hey, 
you should really uh, check this girl out. So it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, I messaged her on Facebook. She didn't message me back for two weeks. And then uh, after that, um, we've pretty much talked every day since. And um, I proposed eight months after that. We got married 10 months after that. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Rest is uh, history. One baby got another one on the way. That's good. Yeah, man. Same here. I got one on the way. I have a little uh, three-year-old that absolutely rules our house. And uh, <laughs> she's just, she just takes over everything, man. My daughter's three. She's going to be if, four if, tomorrow, actually. If anything needs to be done in the house, she makes sure that we know about it. <laughs> That's funny. These kids, man, like dealing with children is, oh, it's a task, man. Just understanding like when to discipline and how to discipline. So. You guys good? Oh, yeah, we're still here. Okay. I think Tony froze. Yeah, Tony might might have dropped out, but this conversation is about to get even better if that means that Tony's out of this conversation right now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah. no, yeah, just uh, raising children is always interesting for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course, like I said, that's uh, my wife and I haven't made it to that stage yet, but I'm sure our yeah. days coming soon and and like i said I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be uh it's going to be quite the journey and uh that's 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 you know it's just you know it's amazing you know how how much i'm sure that that just changes your life and like as you guys said i mean how she the kids kind of just take over the house but uh you know at the same time I mean, you've got to find stuff you know uh but just the right balance you know just to how to take care of your family um, Absolutely. So, he was saying that you're the theologian. I'm kind of interested in what what sort of things you're you're interested in right now. Oh, uh, that's I'm usually not asked the questions. Usually I'm asking the questions. So this this is pretty cool. I like to know. That, that's one of my things. Is I, I like to know. I like to learn. I like to understand. And so, um, I you know, I dive in uh, as as deep as I can as someone that doesn't have any sort of formal training. But uh, like I said, it's just that's my passion is is, you know, there's nothing I love more than someone ha asking me a question and me being able to give them the answer, the answer. does something for me. You know, yeah. it's kind of like the thing where it's like always staying ready to give an answer to everyone. And uh, mm -hmm. that's just my thing, man. I love it. No, that's good. It, it's it's a part of who we should be. As far as it relates to salvation, it's something that always uh, kind of, you know, it, it gets under my skin a little bit. We have to, we have to care about this more than to just you know jump and shout about it we got to be able to communicate it to people and especially exactly. in a day where people are so unchurched you know you need to know it well enough so that you can quote scripture but you also need to know it enough to where you can express it in layman's terms and that's something that i always learned in school you can have a head knowledge of something but you don't really know something until you can teach it to somebody else and, and that's uh, very that's very true yeah, just we just live in a world that's just so unfamiliar with the word. And so if, if all you can do is quote scripture to them, you aren't going to get very far. But if you can allow the Lord and the Holy Ghost to lead you to to explain those things, then, you know, that's really what's going to make the difference. And, you know, I try to do that, you know, like I said, I've preached, but, you know, just I, a bit, Bible studies is a big deal to me right now. Right. And being able to speak to people on a very personal level. Um, on a on a one on one situation, one on five situation, one on ten situation, and then you know uh, how 
how I write songs, it's always a, a big influence. Make sure that scripture is interwoven uh, with with scripture. You mentioned, you know, virtue is flowing where the woman with the issue of blood come and touches the, mm-hmm. the hem of his garment. And the Bible says that virtue, he turned around and asked his disciples, who touched me? And he says, virtue has left my body. And um, so making sure that we're staying true to what the word says and how it says it, I think is is important to the apostolic culture and and uh, one thing that I love about who we are um, that uh, I think I think a lot of people in the music world and Christendom in general really appreciate or uh, about about how we present our message. Right. Uh, and my thing is is uh, I don't want to be asked also. Well, why are you doing something? Well, yeah. we do it because of, uh, well, you know, we've always done it this way. Yeah. I, I, I want to be able to give a better answer than, well, it's just because we always have. And, yeah. Because, I mean, I think that we should have it more than just what we do and, and being able to tell people what we do. I want to be able to tell people why we do it. And, Absolutely. and a lot of that is rele- relevant to um, the experience you present because on, on a when it comes to music, at least. Um, our worship experience is a little bit different than many churches yes. and uh, not so much anymore because there was a time in which it was a vast difference. You're right. Actually, um, you know, the non-denominational world has really adopted our form of worship. You're absolutely and, uh, right. But, you know, there was a time where, well, why are people lifting their hands? Yeah. Why, okay, why is there music, musical instruments? Why aren't yeah. you just singing acapella? Um you know, these, this worship experience that we're, we're a part of is sometimes night and day difference between what a lot of people experience on a Sunday to Sunday basis. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> there are two guys that go to our church right now. Um, one is an ex-Methodist that um, I witnessed to that I knew when I was uh, in Indianapolis. And there's another one that's in, uh, just a general non-denominational, but both just spoke about, you know, how crazy we were the first time they came to church but you can communicate to people from the lens of the scripture and communicate it in a way that they can receive um from in how they think and how they talk um i've just seen god do tremendous tremendous things like that we don't want to talk over people we don't want to just um just say things in in the ways that apostolics can accept them you know that's one thing that I've always thought about when when preaching is, you know, it's certainly cool to say things in a way that an apostolic is going to be like, oh, my God, that a Holy Ghost just spoke right there. But, you know, even though it'll make us huckabuck, um, there's a lot of things about this (laughs) church world that won't understand that kind of thing. And so, you know, is it are we really uh, doing the right thing by the gospel and saying it in a way that makes church people get excited or is it is the right thing to break it down in a way that a lay person somebody that is unchurched somebody that may be unfamiliar with the scripture in general can really receive and take hold in their own life um and and that seed is planted and can grow so i you know i think that's it's very very important for us to to speak those things but speak them in a way that uh can be received and like you said, just because we've always said it a certain way, just because we've always done it a certain way, doesn't mean it's the right way for right now. And that's why it's so important for us to be led by the spirit. Yeah. And so we need to know the principles 
that that stay relevant in every generation because every generation changes but the principles always stay the same absolutely the message doesn't change exactly the way you present it may be different but it's still the same message and and so being able to study it down to not just what you do but why you do it that way man that guy's going quick i hope he gets there in a hurry uh, but uh, we'll have to edit that know, out. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but that guy, I hope we he did. makes it on time. But uh, anyway, but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, it's just, it's important. And also, you know, I know we've talked a lot about worship, but you know, you've mentioned preaching too. One of the big criticisms that's levied against us by a lot of people is uh, that they, they see within our churches a lack of expository messages. Like right. we're, we're really good at exhorting. But sometimes yeah. we we kind of pass the expositing and yeah. just taking a verse and really breaking it down and giving clarity because right. you know we we want to shout we want to run aisles and unfortunately and I know this is just me on a on a soapbox that I just now thought of I mean I know we all want people to shout and run aisles but yeah. it, sometimes it's important to just give an understanding of of a why and and be able to because I think preaching helps people. Um, in, in that moment, and it's, it's important, but teaching will carry people through a lifetime. The Bible speaks of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, and, you know, it's just important for us. You know, a lot of the, in the, in the denominal world at large, uh, expository preaching is a part of um, the, the preacher role as well as the teacher role. And I think in Pentecost, sometimes we relegate it to only the teacher role. And that's really, uh, you know, that's really not the right way to approach it. But uh, but that I think I think you're right where, you know, it's it's important for us to remember that, you know, people need um, need a little meat with the milk. You know, uh, absolutely. The, the shouting is great. You know, that's that's what makes us apostolics or not what makes us apostolics, but it's a part of of who we are as apostolics that's that's great that the the running the owl the, the aisles the 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 lifting up of our hands and and just responding vocally to a message and that that back and forth that that play between the audience and the preacher you know that that excitement that joy that comes in those services that's absolutely a part of who we are but where we are that way because of what the scripture says we're not just that way because we're excitable to be excitable but the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made not we ourselves. We're following a biblical precedent. And we can underline our activities in the worship service based on expository preaching, you know, getting into the nuts and bolts of the scripture, getting into the Greek, getting into all these different things that really can explain to a non-denominal person. Uh, that's, you know, uh, why we do what we do. And that also emphasizes the importance of Bible studies, again, because, um, you know, if even even in the denominal world, from a pulpit, when you really take the time to talk about those things, it's just difficult for people to receive all of that depth of information in that type of a setting. And so people need the the, the scripture, they need the the deep understanding of the things of God, and for us to take the time to actually dig into that with them is so incredibly vital. So, yeah, Brian, I, I totally agree. That's something that um, 
is a is a major thing that uh, we don't always hit. But I do see that coming back. I'm just I've been so excited to to see that kind of that depth of teaching that's that's returning to you know not just our conferences but our everyday services all over the country. And I I think it's a blessing to the people of God. Absolutely. And so I'm I'm friends on Facebook with somebody who is actually at your latest project. Okay. Um, Sarah Perez. Yeah. She was she sang with you, correct? Yeah. Uh, so I saw her she was uh, fabulous Facebook live of y'all. I saw her Facebook live of y'all's rehearsal, right? Yeah. And um the spirit of God just fell in that rehearsal. Yeah. And Brian mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast how you know, miracles and signs and wonders, they happened at your, I'm not even going to call it a concert because it wasn't a concert. It, it was, it was a service. Yeah. Um, but what is your, your current project? What is faith over fear? All of bro. Oh my goodness. Uh, in the name of Jesus. It's, it's more, it's, <laughs> no, it's, I, I just, I love talking music. about Yes. It's, it's, it's more than music. I, it just, I just, I always feel the Holy Ghost when I talk about this, just the, we talk a, a lot about the, the the spirit of Jezebel, you know, the intimidation and all that sort of thing that has come against the prophetic voices in our movement and in, in Christendom at large. And it was especially, um, it was especially at, at a fever pitch through um, throughout COVID and, and everything, and even now. But uh, the other thing that I think about that came out as a result of COVID, it's not just the prophetic voices, but the it has affected the approach and lifestyle as a Christian to many, to many lay Christians. And, and I say that because we have a lot of people that believe that God is still God, you know, he, he hasn't changed, you know, to a certain extent, but they have exalted this virus above his power. They have exalted the directives and the guidance of the CDC and all these other government officials above their belief system in God. You know, I, I remember people that, you know, when they got a cancer diagnosis, they, before they went and got, got their cancer treatment, they came to the altar, you know, we, and, and, and now we've, gotten to the point where, well, I believe God is God and, you know, whatever, but I, I, I'm not going to go to church because I'm, I'm not going to be six feet apart there. And, you know, they may not, not everybody may be wearing masks and all these kinds of things. And so we've replaced faith with being wise and we've justified our pattern because, you know, we don't, we still want to be wise and we still want to look like we're socially acceptable. And so the parameters have, have changed. It's not just one thing to go into a job and, and just pretend like you're just, you know, one of the guys and you're not going to push your religion on anybody. And it's not just, you know, the, the old patterns of, excuse me, going to school and just hanging out with your friends and just being the cool, just being a cool friend that just doesn't drink or whatever, you know, you just, you're just a cool guy or whatever we've now crossed over into the point where our approach and being wise and all these different things as given to us by society are starting to affect our church life. Now, the old things affected our church life too, but not to the same extent. We could still come in church and huck a buck. We could still live our life when the person offered a question, you know, about who God is and what does it mean to be saved? 
But this is at a deeper level because now it affects our gathering together. Now it affects our ability to enact faith because when somebody says that they're sick, you step away from them. You don't say, hey, may I pray for you? And so when I, when the, uh, the ideas and the thoughts around this project started to come to me and started to bubble up in my spirit, our, uh, you know, the thought really was, we don't want to just have a project that just speaks to, you know, just, you know, the joys of living for God and, and speaking, uh, you know, uh, as apostolics with authority in the name of Jesus. We want to address this issue of the fact that God is still God and God being God overrules everything else. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. You know, I, I haven't I've published any numbers about the the recording and I still won't. I'm not going to say them on the um, on on the broadcast. But what I will say is we have a decent sized church there in Columbus, Ohio. We packed it out. And it wasn't just simply because, you know, of me being there. And I'm thankful for everybody that came and supported me. I'm thankful for the views that we've had on Instagram and Facebook and how how many people that this has reached, how many people this has inspired. And the more the, the millions, hopefully in Jesus name, they're going to be blessed by this project. But we're living in a time where apostolics are seeing the devastation that's happening and all the cancellations and us being reactionary to the state of this world. And people are saying, you know what? I am done being reactionary to this world. We're going to be, right. we're going to go back on the offensive. We're going to speak those things that are not as though they were. We're going to yeah. stand on faith with the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and let God be God. God, when when we all, when we speak faith, when we walk into the prophetic and begin to declare what thus saith the Lord, and he follows that up with his word, he follows that up with his action, that makes all the difference. But remember, when the prophet, when, when the Israelites had to go from after being 40 years, basically, uh, in, 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 in desert jail and try to get into the promised land, the, pre- the priest, the Bible said, had to step in the water first. That's what the Bible says. The priest stepped into the water first. And after they stepped in the water, that foot touched down and then the waters parted. And the entire Israelite uh, Israelite crew got over on the other side uh, it completely on dry land. They, none of them were wet, but they took a step first. We can't do this walk without the prophetic. We can't do this without walking in faith. We can't live for God the way that God. we are meant to live for God without acting in ways that may seem contrary to this world, to acting in ways that may seem even, even weird to this world. And so when I don't want to ever act in a way out of, out of reaction to what the world might say, whatever the world might do, I want to make sure that I'm acting in accordance with what God is directing, with what God is saying in this time. Yes. And God is calling the church to speak faith, to, to live in the prophetic, to move forward with confidence that he is God and he is a God that has never changed. He is the same yesterday today yes. and forever. So you listen to me, coronavirus, the name of Jesus is greater than you. You listen to me, government regulation, the name of Jesus is greater than you. You hear me, President Biden, the name of Jesus is greater than you. You hear me, VP Kamala Harris, the name of Jesus is greater than you. 
We don't live according to your instructions. We don't live according to your guidance. We live according to the name of Jesus Christ and the power that we have through that authority in his name. Man, that's some good stuff, Brian. That's some good stuff. So what's been your most challenging aspect of this this whole faith over fear thing? Other than obviously the the pandemic going on. Yeah. uh, Let me give you an example. Today, I was talking to somebody who spent their whole life in church and we were talking about doing something and uh the, this person said to me i'm not going to do nothing unless it falls right in my lap i believe god for it and <laughs> I, my exact response to, to this person was you know faith without works is dead yes and, you know and I, I i'm afraid that everybody is falling into this well if god wants it to happen it'll happen but God gave us the abilities and God gave us the giftings to be able to make things happen. And so for, for you over this whole faith over fear thing, what's, what's been the biggest challenge that you guys have faced? When you look at the Bible and you look at instance after instance, God blesses workers. He gives favor yeah. to people that are people of action, people that sit on their tail, waiting for God to drop a miracle in their lap. There ain't a single one in the Bible. There's not one. And so the the fact of the matter is, is, you know, for, for me with this whole instance, it, I was I just, just working through the details. I think the stress of, of making sure I had, you know, all the money through the way I, I didn't have all the money when I first started, I thought I was, and, and uh, you know, just some things ballooned. And as I kind of got the vision of what this project could be, you know, I added some things. And so making sure I had the money and, you know, this was an entirely self-funded project. Um, so that was, um, this is a self-project project. We're still doing it, but um, I think that was been the most thing, but I really tried to commit it to prayer and, and not stress out about it. And I didn't talk about it. I didn't, I didn't express those concerns really with anybody because I didn't want to vocalize that frustration, because I think each and every person stresses about these things in general. Um, you only reinforce those stresses when you talk about them all the time. And so the Bible says, speak life, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And so when, especially when you're walking out on faith, um, People that tell me that they don't want to do anything, no offense, offense to your friend, but they're not operating in faith. They're operating out of fear. And exactly. the, the very nature of God is for us to step out on what may seem um, what, what may seem like an impossibility, and he turns impossibility into possibility. He turns, um, he, he turns the unlikely into likely, and that's what makes our God so great, so awesome. I know for me personally, um, there were times where I had to tell myself, hey, I'm not the first person to ever do a project and not have all the money. I'm not the first person to do a project (laughs) and expect, you know, people to be there. And there were 50 people there in, you know, a thousand person auditorium. I'm not the first person to, um, you know, not have every song 100% completed by the time it was the time to record. And so I told myself these things so that I could relieve myself of the burden of the stress of not having everything I needed in that moment. You know what? 
we packed my church out. You know what? Every single song was done by the time we needed to record. You know what? I had all the money. Not a single check bounced. It all worked That's out. That's a good thing, bro. That's a it's good a, thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But if I would have stopped back in August or October or September because you know, I had fear around all these various issues. I would have never come to the time in January where I saw the fruition of what God spoke. I would have never had the opportunity to give God the opportunity uh, to, to give me a miracle. I would have never gone through the test so that I could get a testimony. So we have to make sure that when God puts a God dream in us, we get that God dream to the point where we have a conviction about it. I mean, an unmovable an unshakable conviction about the God dream that he has given us. The, the, the most horrible thing that we could say um, with our actions when God gives us a God dream is that I don't believe that God is God enough to really believe that he owns the cattle on the thousand hills, that he really did part the Red Sea, that really he can do all these miraculous things but he just gave me this just to kind of like make me feel good that God, you know, thought good enough about me to give me something cool to possibly do in, you know, the next six months or the next 60 years because I don't have faith to follow through. No, God gave you that dream to go after it. And I don't want to, you know, I talk about this in an interview that's going to come out about, about the recording here in a few months, but I, I just, I, you know, I, I want people that listen to this podcast. I want people that listen, watch that interview. I want anybody that watches what God does with faith over fear. I want you to go after whatever it is that God has told you to do. I don't care if you have a single red cent towards it. I don't care if you feel like you don't have the network or whatever. Go after it. God will give the increase. He will give whatever you can do. He'll take your five loaves and two fish and he will begin to break it and he'll begin to multiply it. And when the day of reckoning comes, I am telling you that God will be glorified. And guess what? If you fail, you're not the first person. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a shock? That's a shock, right? You That's won't be the first person to fail. You won't be the first person to come up short. But I'm telling you, when you've got a God or dream. Or the last. Or the last. When you've got a God dream, if you will just let God give the increase, I'm telling you, he has never lost a battle. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. He always fulfills his promises. And make sure you pray that in prayer. Speak those promises to the Lord. Tell the yes. Lord that he gave it to you. Remind him, remind yourself, and God will give the increase. So there's a, there's a lyric that uh, was um, saying at your at your um, at your uh, project there yeah. that was that says walking in promise, living in confidence. Yeah, and I, I'm using that for your promo for a couple of things for our podcast because those those words are so um impactful yeah. how do you get how do you get how do you hear from the lord um so the way i feel like i hear from the lord is always through impressions i'm not one of these people that feel like god speaks to me like folks are coming to god spoke to me about and i'm not <laughs> one of those i don't think i've 
I don't think I've ever said that in my entire life when I've talked to somebody about what God gave me for them. I always say, this is what I feel the Lord has impressed me with. This is what I feel like the Lord has given me for you. Um, the Bible says that the that we are to judge whatever is given to us by the prophet. That's what the Bible says. And we've we live in a in a time where either one, we kind of brow people into believing that whatever a certain person says is, you know, gospel. <laughs> you just accept it without ever without ever bringing it into subjection to the Holy Ghost within yourself. And then the other side is that you can judge everything. The Bible says question. I, I, there's these bumper stickers that are on cars now. Question authority, where you question everything and everybody is wrong unless you agree. And I don't think and, and God is God's structure is really in the middle where, you know, leadership gives us direction. The prophetic goes forth and we are to have our own relationship with the Lord and, and have our own knowledge of the Bible where when we re- when we hear that word, when we receive that word, there is symmetry in our spirit to what has been spoken. Um, and if you find and, and your relationship with the Lord should be to a place where when that word goes forth and it pricks that place in the flesh where that the Holy Ghost rises up and says, ah, that's true. That's true. This needs to be fixed. This needs to be cut out of, out of our life. And for me, when I feel like the Lord has given me guidance in that area, that it's almost like a, a clock striking 12, you know, that. That click is how I like to describe it, where all the gears are exactly in place and, and everything stops moving because everything is exactly how it's supposed to be in my spirit. And that's what I that's what I feel. Sometimes, you know, when it's a word of knowledge, God will just speak that to me and I just feel that symmetry. I just look for that symmetry. Uh, one thing my pastor, Jimmy Stark, talks about that has been a blessing to me over the years. Uh, he got it from his dad, Bishop Stark. Follow the path of peace. Follow the path of peace. If you don't have a peace about something, if you can't get to that place where I talked about uh, earlier of unshakable conviction about something, uh, you probably shouldn't be doing it. You, um, uh, you know, unless you're just getting a very strong direction from your leadership, um, you should follow the path of peace. You should be in a place where um, where you feel that that clarity in the Holy Ghost, and you can know. Uh, that that God has spoken and that He's giving you direction. Amen. Explain to me a little more about this this symmetry. Yeah. So, um, when I was coming to Columbus, um, I had uh, been in New York for three to four years, and um, I. I was preaching out a bit more as doors were opening and um, a church in Maryland. Um, I won't say the pastor's name because y'all would know him, um, but uh, he had asked me to, to come on there. And, um, and I, I loved, I love this pastor. I love, he loves me. We're, we're still very, very good friends. And um, uh, he said, uh, I, I, I didn't feel like it was exactly right. And I called a man of God that's always, that's been in my life for, for years, still in my life, has veto power in my life. Um, and uh, I, I talked to him about, um, you know, where it was that I was thinking of going and, and who it was with. And he was like, you know what, uh, that may not be the right situation for you. And he said, I've got some places 
uh, that I want you to try and, and see if something works out. Well, this place that he sent me to was Columbus, Ohio. And um, it was in a Saturday night prayer meeting before I'd ever been in a service with them. I just touched down and um, we pretty much got a bite to eat and went straight to the prayer meeting. And um, when I was in that prayer meeting, it it's like the Holy Ghost moved on me. And then I felt that symmetry that I've talked about. It was just like there's uh, like there's just a uh, I won't say there's an unsettling. But when we go through life, there's just that, you know, we just feel the you know the wind blowing and activity happening. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of thoughts running through our mind. Just life. Life is happening. And then in that moment, I just felt like that click. Now, that was a significant moment for me. And that was more demonstrative than most. You know, it was like it was like a, a uh, or not rest, a raging river necessarily, but certainly just a river acting as it normally does. And in that exact moment, it was almost like complete peace, almost just like every wave completely disappeared. Absolute peace over that in, entire place. That's what it felt like for me. Um, and so, I, but the way that it most often feels is like I said, that that almost like if, if gears on a clock were going, like I said, life is happening. Thoughts are coming and going, the wind's blowing, you're driving your car, whatever. And then it hits 12 o'clock and boom, and those wheels stop, everything locks in place as it should. That's how it's always felt for me when I feel like God has given me a strong impression where he solidifies a word that I've received, um, where he gives me direction and a message. Uh, that's how it always feels for me. And I try not to put words in God's mouth. So I always say, you know, this is what I feel or whatever, but um, I'm, that, that's how God spoke it to me. And it's, um, you know, I, I dare say it's never been wrong. So I, I'm, I'm confident that's how God speaks to me and through me. So what's so the best advice? Someone, oh, ahead, Brian. No, okay. Yeah. If, I mean, you're talking about this, finding this place of peace and there's, yeah. there's folks out there that, uh, man, that just sounds good to them. Not just because of finding a word from God, but their life is so chaotic. They just want to find a place where those gears aren't turning. Right. How do you, how does a person even get to that place with as much stuff as they have going on in their life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> some of your chaos, you know, uh, as much as I, you know, we don't like to say it, but it may be spouse uh, oriented. It may be child oriented. I, I love my three-year-old daughter, but it's, it's constant haywire all the time. So some, some <laughs> things you can't, you can't get out of your life. It's just um, quote unquote stress or activity that's going to be there. And there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. And finding that place of peace, especially if you're a single parent out there, um, it's, it's really, really difficult. I, I know, especially for single parents, it's difficult. And the Bible says that we are renewed, um, in the spirit. So when we get into prayer, making sure that we take time to, to clear our mind and, and, and speak in tongues, I cannot tell you the power that is in speaking in tongues. The Bible says that the spirit will make intercession for us. And it's more than just so that we can fix all the broken stuff inside of us, but it's, we are renewed during the, those moments. The Bible also says that we 
are washed by the word. So if we aren't reading the Bible, reading the Bible is like um, is like a uh, a reboot for your PC. It just kind of realigns everything. It's that reset. It says, okay, you know, I've got all these things coming at me from the media and from my friends and life and everything. And the Bible just kind of says, okay, that's all cool and stuff. This is what God wants us at. And the Bible says that all of us have an understanding of who our creator is. So when we're reading words, as the Bible says, that we're inspired by the Holy Ghost, words from our creator, the the body, the mind realigns itself. It finds its natural position where we kind of reset it by reading the Bible and, and getting into his word. So speaking in tongues when you pray and spending time doing that, not just brushing over it, not just brushing past it, but letting the Holy Ghost really intercede for you and just let your mind go blank yeah. and let the Holy Ghost do what it needs to do. And then getting into the word and allowing that reset in our life. It's so important. Um, get, getting that yes. manual out and just getting all that stuff you know, back into alignment. It's so, so very important. So what's, what's the best piece of advice that's been given to you and who has it been by? Oh man. Um, I'm awful at this question. (laughs) I just, I just, um, I, I forget over time, you know, who told me what, um, I, I will say one thing that has stuck with me for a very, very long time. Um, uh, Brother Pedigo told me a story um, when I was pretty young. He talked about um, uh, he he had he had a group um, uh, Davis and Pedigo. If you guys any of the people on the podcast will remember Davis and Pedigo, you probably have to be pretty old. But um, excuse me, he was part of a group, and they sang at a lot of denominal services. And he talks to me about. Um, singing one time at a camp meeting out in California and just they finished their set and the Holy Ghost was so palpable in the place. Um, The ministers didn't even know what to do. Um, And it was just, they were just, they were almost frozen. They had no idea how to proceed. And after a space of time, they got up and preached Trinitarian doctrine and accepting the Lord as your personal savior. And, um, he said that that just that particular instance hit him in a more uh, uh, deep fashion than than any previous instance where that had occurred, and um, he knew that something had to change, and so um, their contracts were up for renewal. They were doing really well. They were offered just an absolute ton of money, and he made the decision that um, he wasn't going back. He was going to stay apostolic and he wasn't going to sell his anointing no matter what the price tag looked like. And, um, you know, that really stuck with me because, you know, we have a lot of people now that, you know, they get to a certain level and they start to compromise and they, they don't mind what lanes that they run in, you know, because, you know, money's, you know, you have to have money to live life. And some people, you know, myself included want to live a bit more of it, but, not at that cost, you know, um, and I'm so thankful for people like Brother Pedigo that spoke into my life and encouraged me to stay committed to the faith. You know, I'll never remember, I'll never forget Brother Greg Gawa when I was in New York, 
probably 11 years ago, just talked to me. He preached. Uh, he has this message <laughs> called uh, the Bible says the wild a word. And uh, he, he, he says that throughout the entire message, uh, quoting the Bible verbatim, but wild donkey for all of us uh, saved folk. I'm, I'm teasing Brother Godwin. You know, I love you. But, um, <laughs> he, he, but it's, about, it's about submission and staying under the anointing and that the anointing flows from the head down. And that's the Bible says that they would pour the oil and it would come down over the hair and over the face and drip down the jaw and over the and, and over the chest and, and flow down the body like that, over the shoulders, down to the arms. And the fact that if you are in submission, if you're in alignment with your leadership, you can't help but be anointed. Now, God may give you a special anointing for whatever he's called you. He may give you a special anointing for whatever um, directive he's putting to your life. But the beauty of being in submission is that's all you've got to do to be anointed. You say, you know, I'm submitted under my pastor. My submitter, my pastor understands that I'm submitted to him or her. You know, the Lord says, okay, you're in alignment. You're anointed. It's that simple. And so I think those two things have been really impactful in my life. Just being able to know that there is somebody that I respect that, you know, said no to the world, said no to, said no to compromise, you know. These are good God loving people and everything like that, but that's not good enough. I, this, I want to be apostolic and I will always stand by that. I, Mark Crowder is always going to be apostolic. I want to be apostolic to my core. It's why I've put the people in my life that I have. It's why I've made the choices I have. It's why I made the wife that I did. I always want to stay apostolic and I always will stay apostolic. And um, I thank the Lord for, for people that have veto power in my life and will come yank my chain. If I ever make any questionable decisions, you got to have it in your life. How yeah. much does it break your heart when your colleagues don't have that same commitment? Oh brother, it's so disheartening. It's so disheartening. And, you know, just, especially when they're so talented, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's just unfortunate. You know, I, I, some of them I I know and I know their heart and in their heart they're apostolic, but it just doesn't align with decisions that they've made. And the Bible says to avoid the very appearance of evil. So whatever motive you may feel like you have in making certain decisions, when you've made those decisions, you've already cast your lot on the other side. And so um you know, I, we pray for him. We thank God that um, he blesses them in, in a secular fashion. But those kind of choices aren't aren't for me. And, and I thank God for, again, for people that are in my life to yank my chain if I do anything even remotely similar. So I thank God for it. What's next for Mark Browder? Uh, <laughs> because you just had a huge... You just had a huge release that you've been working on for a year. What, yeah. what, what's, what's next? What's next in your chapter? Yeah, well, um, I'm preaching out, out here a few times here in the next couple of months. Uh, and uh, those are the next things I try to stay home as often as possible and space out events. But um, preaching out next few months, a um, couple different places, uh, got the release coming 
those are probably the most immediate things. We've got our missions conference here at the church, Calvary Apostolic Church, that's coming up in February. Uh, we're currently in revival. Got Brother Mark shoots on Sunday. I'm excited to have him um, with us. Uh, so that's going to be a blessing. But uh, yeah, man, just uh, taking care of my family, loving the Lord, and and uh, going out when the doors open. And stand submitted. Sure. Yeah. My last final question, Brian might have another one, but uh, my final question for you is, could you give some words of advice to some people that are some kids that may be looking up to you for that next generation of apostolic music? Could you give them some words of wisdom? Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage you to do it however God gives you direction to do it. Talk to your pastor and <clears throat> talk to your pastor and put the time in in prayer and um, just go after it. Don't worry about how it's going to get done. Don't worry about, you know, who's going to believe in you and who's not. Um, if your pastor is good with you, then just go after it. You know, don't demand support. Uh, that's one thing I think that young people especially get hung up on, like, who's going to like my stuff? Hey, if, if you're doing what God's going to ask you to do, the message gonna, is going to get to the right person once or a hundred times. And, and as well as there's something to be said for um, longevity and learning over time and growing. And so you need to give yourself that opportunity. So don't short circuit the, the growth process by saying in the earlier interim that, you know, these things aren't working, so I'm not going to do it. No, get after it, you know, be submitted, but go after it and then allow yourself to grow over time. And God will continue to give you increase as you pursue what he's called you to do. But uh, the just biggest thing is just go after it. We, we, we abort so many dreams of God and so many uh, callings because of, you know, of money or insecurities that we have, or just voices that are not leadership voices, that are not pastoral voices um, in our lives that just so negativity and negativity and negativity. We abort so many dreams of God by negative and inferior associations just making a decision to cut those things out of our life and focus on what God has called us to do and the people that he's called us to be under, I think will help us all pursue his will full throttle and God will get the glory. Amen. Brian, you got any last questions for our guest this evening? I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's so much still after like there, there is to talk about, but, uh, at the same time, we have covered a lot of ground. And, uh, you know, just, I don't know, you just gave a, a word of encouragement to um, some music-based uh, people. Um, do, do, do you give that same advice for the preacher out there? Um, or do you have a, a, a word for them as well, since your ministry goes beyond uh, just being a singer, just being a musician, and just being a preacher, you're, you're, you're a little of it all. So, um, like, how about this? How about this? Yeah. Um, 
is there anything i know you've got a lot on the stove but is there anything that's just you're like man i i just i just think people need to hear this do, do you have a word for people out there that's just like look i, I don't know why i feel this but I, it's just been burning inside of me and i just want i just want to i want to give somebody a message yeah um two things and it goes along the lines of what you just spoke of but um let's let's get back to the word you know um i i know we've got a lot of um you know celebrity preachers out there right now that are not a whole lot more than motivational speakers and they say a lot of good things that make us feel good and you know might even might even convict us a little bit i know us as apostolics we love to be convicted but let's let's stick to the scripture you know let's 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 stick with apostolic voices that that um, believe what we believe and have the structure that we that we hold to because I, I just think it I think it really will help us stay focused on what God has called us to do and and I, I think in this time when compromise is such a big deal that um, it's going to make all the difference in the world when people come in and they see that unadulterated approach to living for God and that, that Christ-like effort. And so um, that, that's so important. And to go along with that, whether you're writing a song or you're preaching or you're seeking a, a ministry and preaching, uh, you know, Brother James Wilson has a great song, Wait on the Lord. Uh, follow his process. But in the interim, while you're waiting, don't be lackadaisical. Be in ministry at whatever level that you can in your local church um, and get in the word. If you don't, you can, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Brian, about having a ready answer, having a ready answer. It's so important for us to not only be casually familiar with the word, but to be studied so that we can have a ready answer. That's not just for your neighbor next door, although I think that's the most important part of it. It's also for when that pulpit comes, you know, there may be that day where you've never preached a message in your life, but your pastor says, hey, I'm booked here and this man wants somebody from our church to come preach this. And you're preaching for the first time in your life and and you're not ready. How awful would that feel? You know, um, how awful uh, you'd be like, I've been waiting five years. I've been waiting 10 years. I've been waiting 15 years for this chance. And I don't have something in the pocket ready to go. So um, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, have something so that you're not up all night trying to write something the day before, the night before. Get something in the, <laughs> get something ready. Understand the Bible so that when the Holy Ghost lays something on you, you can tie it together with scripture that you've already read and studied. That a word can spur uh, spur thoughts and and conversations that you've already had, maybe not directly aligned with it, because maybe God directs it for something specific, but something in the general arena. Study to show thyself approved. Have a ready answer. Be ready to yes. go for when God calls you. Brian, go ahead and say so, it. We all so, know Sunday's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's what, literally that's what I was about to say. Is. So what you're saying is Sunday don't sneak up and surprise people or it right. shouldn't. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You know, I know we, I know we've gone a little bit, and, and if there's some wind right now, I apologize. Like no, for all fine. of our listeners, I've been actually at work this whole episode, and so I just <laughs> had to drive a, a vehicle to our mechanic shop. 
So I'm walking back to my office so I can go home. But it just there at the end, you, you put a man, my mind's just firing. Um, <laughs> w- w- one thing that you said is you talked about celebrity preachers. And yeah. I think that we, we really, not, not just us, but a lot of people fall into this, um, this obs- obsession with, um, well, look at what Elevation Worship's doing. Yes. Look, at how, look at the crowd that they've got at Elevation. Let's do that. But the truth is, we both have different goals than Elevation. Yeah, totally different and I, goals. And I'm not here to be like, well, here's what Stephen Furtick's goal is. But, but, but the thing is, is that we both have a different goal. If you have a different goal, then why, why do you think that you should use the same method to accomplish two different things? Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I think, I think what we have to understand are there are methods to draw people to the message of truth. And then there are methods that are to draw people for the sake of a crowd. And you need the spirit of discernment to understand the appropriate difference between the two and what is appropriate for your ministry. And, um, and I think God is calling us. I, I just, oh man, I just, I, I feel this so strong and I've been feeling it for the last year, especially with COVID, through COVID, is God is calling us to be so pristine, to be so pure in our approach that there is a distinction in our apostolic way in every aspect of ministry. Brian, you referenced earlier just how it used to be that there was a completely night and day difference between an apostolic worship service and a denominal worship service. And now that line is a bit gray and I agree, but I still believe that there is something so distinctly apostolic about true apostolics that worship in spirit and truth that cannot be denied, that cannot be copied. That is not even marketable. It can't be duplicated. And I don't believe that it's marketable to the massive Christian uh, establishment, but it's extremely marketable to a hungry heart, which is who God's trying to reach. And um, if, if God can get us to be as focused and as pure and as unadulterated as possible, I believe that God just gets such incredible glory out of that activity. And, and I believe that he's calling us to that. Just, just be as pure apostolic as possible. Be as pure Bible as possible. Be as uh, some people, you know, view uh, saying apostolic as nationalism. It's not, but for, for you, uh, let me say it this way. Be as pure Bible as possible. Be as pure Acts 238 as possible. Be as pure fivefold ministry as possible. And God will get the glory out of it. And, and more than that, people will be saved. Your church will grow. Your, your message will get out. Your songs will be heard. God's not going to let his word fall flat. He's never given a word that never that returned unto him, uh, returned unto him void. It will always go to accomplish that which it was sent to do is what the Bible says. So just try your best to be exactly what God has asked us to be, and he will get the increase. Man, that's some good stuff. Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, another brother who has has become very popular of late. Uh, I want to ask you this. I know it's a personal question, but I think it's an important subject. Do you ever see the success of brothers in the church and ever get like, Oh my gosh, 
when am I ever going to get there? And I know you, you are right now. I mean, you're, you're, you're already like, you know, we're, Tony and I are like, Oh, I wonder if he'll send us an autograph, but, uh, <laughs> but, but do you ever, or, or, or maybe whenever you were just getting started, did you ever feel, and the only word I can use is, is, is the word jealousy. Do you, yeah. have you ever felt that? And if so, how did you navigate it? Is it something you still struggle with today? And to someone who's out there who sees uh, a young guy, they're same age. He's preaching rallies. He's preaching revivals. And, and, and he's at his local church. And he's like, I, I don't even do anything here. Yeah. And, and it feels such a hunger. How do, they, how do you navigate that where you don't lose your mind and, and ultimately lose your salvation because of allowing bitterness to come in? Yeah, I I think that's a really good question. And I, you know, I don't really, I, it may be if God was to look at my heart, he might call it jealousy, but I don't feel like I really struggle with jealousy very much. What I do struggle with is the spirit of competition. I'm extremely competitive, extremely. Um, I couldn't, oh, yeah, I, there I it couldn't is. play that's basketball. A, that's a great word. I couldn't play basketball to save my life. And I was still super competitive. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you guys don't, you can't, can't tell this cause we're on a video thing and all you really know of me are videos that always give me a great angle, but I'm short. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm five, seven. Um, I'm super oh, fast. No. Now all I have to do is, you know, um, I'm, I'm super fast. I can run faster than, you know, 99% of the people out there, but <laughs> you know, and I and I can jump high, I guess. You know, I've got a leap that when the Holy Ghost comes in, I'll do. And people, and people always comment on it. But um, I, I just, I'm, I'm not great at sports. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, whatever. But I am still extremely competitive if I'm involved. And that same, you know, motivation, if I'm not careful, can enter into the will of God. And I yeah. think that's why it's so important to have a man of God in your life to help temper those expectations. Excuse me. And especially when you have such a thriving desire and a thriving hunger, if you don't stay prayed up, if you don't, you know, kill that flesh when you go to prayer and you address it with the Lord in the same breath, I should say, as you're addressing your calling with the Lord. Okay, I want to pause for dramatic effect there. We love to talk about God, you've given me this calling. But you also need to address the fact that you understand that you are human and that your desire to fulfill this calling could potentially put you in dangerous territory. And, and you want God to put his finger on that and you want God to help you with that. It's important to address those in the same breath, because what you'll do is you'll say, well, my pastor doesn't believe in my calling. My leadership doesn't believe in what God's given me. And they're telling me no for X amount of reasons, you know, there's, there's somebody in the church that they love more, or this person just knows how to talk to them better, or they have a better relationship with so-and-so, or they just don't like me, or it's this, that, the other thing, or I'm this color. I just, so many dumb things and none of them are true. None of them, none of them. What does the word say? Okay. If we're going to be apostolic, we need to stay on the word. Every step, every step, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. So if you want to be apostolic, 
then you've got to you've got to abide by the word. And when the moment comes, when when the door is open, you've got to have that word ready because you've been in waiting and you've did it the right way. And you didn't go to the charismatic church across the street just because they needed a youth pastor. And you didn't go to the church out of state just because they were going to pay you more money to do what you wanted to do full time. But you were going to stay faithful in the way that God saw you to be faithful. You kept your integrity and God will give you the increase. And as a result, you will be blessed more than, you know, maybe not more than your other peers. I don't want to say it like that, but just as a result of staying faithful in the, in the place where you were planted and God yes. will exalt you in due season. If you think not, and he will cause you to be blessed. He will cause you to, to bring your, your talents, your abilities before great men, um, you know, stand on the promises, stand on the word. So uh, I, if I could say anything, I, you know, I've been there. I just want to reiterate that to everybody. I've been there. Hey, I've been there. You know, if you're just listening to this, I'm lifting my hands up in the air and I'm raising my hands. I've been there. I, I, you know, I'm thankful for how this recording has gone. I'm thankful for the notoriety that it's brought, but I've been there. But, uh, you know, with that spirit of competition, but I refuse to let that rule any action. And as soon as I see its ugly head rearing, I take that to the cross. I take that to the altar and I kill it. Paul said, I die daily. I kill that spirit because I don't want to be in competition with my brother. If there's anything I want to be in competition with, I want to be more dead today than I was yesterday. I want to be less sensitive to the things that would push me to make negative decisions today than I was yesterday. I want to be closer to a Christ-like approach to my life and to the callings of God today than I was yesterday. That's the only competition I want to have in my life. And God will do all of the rest. Come well, we've got, we've got, we have got bigger enemies to fight than one another. That's that, that oh. we're on the same team. Yes, we're on the same team. We're on the same team. God's going to get the glory. It's not you or me. This isn't Tony's deal. This isn't Mark's deal. This isn't Brian's deal. This is God's deal. And we all have a part to play. And God interchanges his pieces when he wants them. He sets one up brings one down all for his glory. And, and we don't want to circumvent that process. We want to, uh, we want God to get the glory. So, mm. amen. Brian, this has been a, an episode to remember, hadn't it? Man, bro, oh, we yeah. can't, we can't, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to, to sit down and have a conversation with oh, us. Oh, it's been an honor, oh, gentlemen. It's been an honor. Uh, I know that we will have um, we'll have some awesome reports from this from this episode. I just I feel encouraged tonight and, you know, I feel uplifted and I feel like that a lot of our listeners will be able to sit down and listen to this and not just for entertainment, but to grow spiritually. Bro, you have been a rock star guest. We can't thank you enough. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Crucial Conversation podcast. Yes, absolutely. That's my line, Tony. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Mine tonight. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Turn <laughs> You've that been listening to Turn the that Crucial Conversation <laughs> podcast. Jesus. Just lift my hand and sing it. <laughs> I worship that.
tell them, just want to tell you, Lord. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you more than anything. Not everybody can sing this, but if, if this is your heart's desire, somebody lift up a hand and say, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship 